This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is The Wealth Puzzle with Mike and Tana. Tana, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Welcome to the party. I feel like we got through that one a little smoother. There wasn't too much laughing. We, no. We made it. We'll laugh in a minute about something. We'll think of something good. Oh, so, have, you know, we're here at the, the Lynn Group. Mm -hmm. We do retirement income planning for all the new listeners. So a lot of people subscribe and listen to our show as a podcast. Other people subscribe and watch the show because mm -hmm. they want to see what we look like and see all the cool oh. stuff we show. <laughs> no. <And> you, no? <laughs> well, not what we look like, but maybe... Uh Oh yeah. Maybe uh, like the grass. I, cool I guess visuals. I took it differently. I, I thought people <laughs> just wanted to see what I look like. The, um, but you know, we, we do this, we put videos on YouTube and Rumble. <laughs> we post them on the old Facebook. Yeah. So it's all over the place. So, Hey, we like all of our subscribers. You know, if you're, if you subscribe to the show, if you watch it, if you listen mm -hmm. to it, please give us a little star rating, make a little nice <laughs> comment. That would be cool. We would appreciate that. One of these days we would like more than three listeners. So we'd like to, we'd like, if we get to four, we have a, a yes. increase in listeners. It's We're going to celebrate. So warm bodies, we need them. So, Hey, uh, you know what, Tana, thanks for Like I said, joining us. How is the weather in Texas? It's beautiful. It's starting to cool off a little bit. I like it. Out the window here. It's still foggy here. <laughs> it's cooling off. Are the trees turning? Um, not yet. Nope. Okay, Everything's so, still really green. We've been getting a lot of rain, so yeah. we've got some more coming up this week. Good. We send some our way. Yeah, I no would love to. Lacking the rain. I know. I would love to. <laughs> so this is what is today? Monday, uh, September 13th. Mm -hmm. We've got a recall election tomorrow in old California. We kind of touched on that last week, so that'll be interesting. Kind of plays into obviously state politics, certainly mm -hmm. state economics. And the reason I brought it up last week is Gosh, Tana and I have had a lot of clients skip in town, and, you know, and it's and it's fascinating. It's true. Everybody's retiring very and true. bailing. I just literally talked mm -hmm. to someone else this morning who said, hot diggity dog. I just bought a new house in right. Arizona. Brand new. It's being built. It'll be done in three months. Yes. And it's costing. They actually got mad because they were planning on it being three hundred and thirty grand. And it's now going to be 336. Oh, and I, I thought, oh, my gosh, Not a bad. brand new house in right? Arizona. And I think Prescott is where they're going. Okay. But we've had a lot of skippers, right? You know, yeah. A lot of, ton of Arizona, mm -hmm. a little bit of Utah, a little bit of some Texas, Idaho, some Idaho, definitely yeah. Idaho. Idaho mm -hmm. is, Idaho is a tough one though. I mean, the real estate there is just going through the ceiling. Mm -hmm. um, someone was telling me they were looking at a lake house. You know, they mm -hmm. really wanted a lake house. You could get a sweet lake house about a year and a half ago for uh, about 800 grand. Yeah. I believe you know, it. but 800 grand in Idaho, a lot of, a lot of moolah. And they said now all of those houses, they're over 2 million. Wow. Uh, geez Louise, lake Ouch. houses in Idaho. Who would have thought? <laughs> we had a couple of people go to Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. Last year, no, the year prior, we had someone go to Tennessee. They bought a two and a half acre house. They send me pictures all the time. It's just in beautiful property. Um, and what, what did they pay? Like 
like 270, 230. Wow. That's nothing. You know, so you sell your little tiny track home out on the east end here in Ventura. You make, you know, six, seven hundred grand. Right. For this, you know, tiny 1950s beat up house. And, you know, you got to go so buy your, true. your mini mansion somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, right? You know, politics kind of drive people out of here. The the current state of just kind of the community. I, I grew up here in Ventura. And so I'm very nostalgic. I have a lot of roots here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is different, you know, from the way I remember it as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, to be fair, it is a little dirtier. It is a little just unpleasanter. I mean, my kids can't walk to the park by themselves without mm. us being very concerned. Hence right. they don't. Um, because unfortunately there's a lot of people, um, that are a little concerning. We'll say that just seem to hang out on the street. Yeah. Uh, in the sleeping on it all their stuff there. It's fun. There's a, there's a gentleman that lives on Phil right here, um, which is just a couple blocks from our house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's, he, he lives in the vehicle and, and mm-hmm. he, um, looks scary. Number one, but number two, he's always out there with like no clothes on in his mm-hmm. underwear bathing with a bottle of water. And it's really Aww. hard to want your six year old daughter hanging out with yeah. him on the street. So it's really you know. unfortunate though. Very sad. Yeah. To be in that see, situation. Are you I went, I visited T- Tana's house last year. My wife and I went out and man, dude, that place was rad. It was beautiful. It was green. There was water everywhere. Yeah. Everybody was friendly. Yes. And the barbecue. Yes. Tana sent me to 407 barbecue. Everybody. If anybody makes it out to Argyle in Texas, you That's go to good. 407 barbecue. Yes. And uh, we had some brisket. Actually, you know, the, the meat was good, but the best were the sides. Oh had, yeah. Um, Oh gosh, what was it? it? Was like creamed corn with like green chili in it. Mm, yes, it, it, was, it was like drugs. Gives it, it really a little was. spice. I, I, yeah, I, I tried to bathe in it. Uh, <laughs> woo, give me a big bucket bathe. of bathe. It. <laughs> it was awesome, man. Yeah, so, it's good stuff. Anyways, here we are. So, what are we going to talk about, Dana? Uh, we are going to look at uh, gradient investments, actually. Ooh, okay. Yeah, what they have to offer. Okay. So what we're going to talk about is money management. So everybody, uh, you know, a lot of our listeners have investments. They invest Mm -hmm. in the market. There's a lot of paranoia with that and how it works. And so one of the things that we do at the Lynn Group is we use a third party group of professional money managers to basically help us curate and create proper model portfolios so that we can really effectively manage money for people and we can actively manage money for people. Mm -hmm. Um, hmm. Let me tell a story. Everyone likes my stories, right? <laughs> we do love your stories. Like, oh my God, another story. <laughs> no, I like stop them. Stop talking. So, okay. So I got into this business in 2005. So let's see. I got out of the army in 2003. I went back to college. I was living out in Palm Desert. Got my first job working for a big fancy dude in Indian Wells out in Palm Springs area. Um, he was a certified financial planner. Oh, I am a certified financial planner. And so I, you know, I emulated him. I wanted to be like him. This guy was, was the man, you know, he was very successful. He worked Mm -hmm. hard. He got up early, you know, he, he met with people and I was young and knew nothing. And I would sit quietly in meetings and, and people really, you know, appreciated his advice and his talents and all of this Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, so I one upped him by the way, you know, he, he always told me (laughs) this is many years ago, but he always told me that, you know, he, when he became a certified financial planner that he wanted to round out his stuff by also getting an MBA. Uh, Hmm. He never did, but 
I went on to get that MBA. You did. So I, I carried the torch for Congrats. him. Congrats. So that is line. a huge accomplishment. Yeah. Good job. You know, I have nothing to do. Oh, <laughs> no, speaking that's of not which, true. where's our new book? Too yeah, much to do. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. It might be here. It might be here. <laughs> it's right here. It's got, it's got a gray bar on it because it's not for print yet. Tana and I just finished our new book everybody what's the hang on i gotta size do you see it the name on there i realize there's an important name on there tana pennington look at this look i'm at this. excited book. got her picture on the back it matches me i'm yellow today so used a nice big font that way it's easy to read this is a total distraction from our story all right so this is our hot new book titled avoiding a retirement lemon steps to keeping your golden years from tasting sour Mm. pretty good tana so tana wrote the book but because she worked <laughs> the whole me, thing i put my name on it no so, we worked on it together it was a lot of fun that's the benefit of being at the top of the pyramid is you get to take all the right? credit the um okay okay back to my story so okay. in the good old days i'm working for this guy uh new career he's very successful he manages a lot of money he has a lot of clients mm -hmm. And so it's tough because when you first get into this kind of a business, really what you're taught is not this like generalized, you know, just overview of finances. What you're taught is really how someone runs the business. If you go get a job working at Merrill Lynch, they just teach you what Merrill Lynch does and, and what mm -hmm. Merrill Lynch sells. And then they teach you how to do that. And so a lot of people develop these kind of niche attitudes and understandings of the industry when it's a lot more broad than that. And so one of the things that I learned is that... He was a independent money manager. And so this guy managed money for hundreds of people. They would come in and what would happen is he would essentially sell them the flavor of the week. So, you know, someone would come in and say, oh, I have some money. What are we going to do? And he'd be like, oh, here, I'm going to use my book as my example. I'm flipping through and finding something to do. And and like depending on whatever was happening, like, OK, today we're going to buy some oil stocks and tomorrow we're buying some technology stocks. And so every time someone came in. He would put different things in their investments and he would talk to them about it. And it was, like I said, I kind of joke it as the flavor of the day. You know, it's just, mm -hmm. he was just kind of doing what's hot and easy and what makes sense in the moment. Mm -hmm. And Tana and I, you and I have talked to clients over the years and we've always said that if we're going to manage money, we can't just invest your money and then hopefully you never call us again. We want to talk to you pretty right. regularly because the market is always evolving. The news is always changing. Yes. There's things happening that justify what we do with money. Mm-hmm. And so now this guy has, you know, hundreds of accounts that are really all unique because he just puts everybody in the flavor of the day. Okay. Quiz question, Tana. So the person comes in, they meet with, with him. He puts them in these investments. How often do you think he checks those individual investments? Hmm. You would hope at least quarterly, you would at, hope least. at least quarterly. So what Maybe I learned, monthly, but I don't know what I learned is that he wasn't a bad person. He didn't do anything no. wrong. Yeah. But when there's so many people and so mm -hmm. many moving parts and so much going on, he only looked at those accounts when the client called or came back in. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden what you're doing, you know, what if a client goes a while? What if they go six months or even a year or even mm -hmm. longer? Um, what he was doing was then he was doing damage control. It's like, oh, crap. I, what did I put him in? Oh, I put him in. Oh, oh, why did I put him in that? Uh, hey, uh, client, here's what we're going to do. We're going to sell you these new flavor of the week stocks. So we're going to move mm -hmm. these ones around and boom, boom, boom. And what I, what I realized when I was leaving him and going out on my own is all he did was, was a poor job at, at attempting to manage chaos. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, when the market's up, people made some money, but a lot of things got really screwed up. And and it's not that he was doing anything wrong. It's just that one man can yeah. only do so much. Uh, that's impossible. Right. I mean, I mean, even right now, Tana, you and I, we talk about the market all the time for our clients. We talk about yeah. investments all the time for our clients. But the reality is we're busy doing things for right. people. You and I are we're literally sitting here recording a video podcast right now. We're not staring at the market, right? <laughs> There's a lot going on After right now. This, we're going to have an office meeting for an hour. Yes. Once again, we're not staring at the market. Right. And so when I left, someone him, else needs to be. Yeah. Right. You, you need kind of a yeah. team here. And so Definitely. the job of the Lynn Group, the job of certified financial planners is to be the quarterback of the things that you need. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, better analogy. How about you're the, the manager of a restaurant? right? Mm -hmm. The manager of the restaurant understands the things that the restaurant needs to be successful. However, they have other people that accomplish underlying goals. The manager hires a hostess, they hire Mm -hmm. a server, they hire a cook, and they're managing all of these moving parts. And that's why we work so good as a team at the Lynn Group. Yeah. We have people here that do taxes. We have people here that help with the paperwork Mm -hmm. and the client service requests. We have resources that help us manage the investment. So as much as Tana and I are focused on the big picture and making sure it all happens for our clients, the reality is we have a bigger team than just the two of us. Otherwise, we we fall into the fallacy Mm -hmm. that my old employer had, and that is you just become mediocre at everything if you try to do it solely yourself. That's a good point. All right, let's end the show there. That was excellent. <laughs> no, we're not done yet. <laughs> and there's more. All right, all right. So, so one of the things that I that I did and that we do is when I went out on my own. And Tana, I mean, you've been basically with me since mm-hmm. the beginning when I yeah. went out on my own. Um, you know, we we used to you know sit down at the McDonald's on Victoria and tell no. that's where our office was. I was going to say McDonald's. Fantastic. Yeah, that's our that was our office. We would sit <laughs> no, there, and, you know, we. would We'd order off the dollar menu every couple hours. Because <laughs> that's all we could afford. You know, and we'd hand out cards to anyone who walked in. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's basically your sister, Kim. That's the only person I ever saw there. The uh, <laughs> They go there all the time. You know? I don't know if that's a secret to you. Like, I swear I see them every time I drive by. There. Oh, I love it. Anyways, the um, uh, so one of the things that we did is I hired what's called an institutional money manager. An institutional money manager is literally a team of people that helps us maintain the investment Mm -hmm. accounts, help us maintain the investment portfolios. And one of the things that we did very differently than from my first career in order to manage this stuff effectively is the investment team that we use they help us curate model investment portfolios. So Tana and I only work with about 10 portfolios actively. And we have things that are really conservative and things Mm -hmm. that are really balanced and things that are really aggressive. And so as clients come in and we communicate with them with what their needs are, we try to match them up with what kind of a portfolio, you know, do we need to be in in an all stock growth portfolio? Mm -hmm. Do we need to be in a dividend stock portfolio? Do we need to be in some kind of stable value cash fund? Depending on the client's bigger picture financial plans, Tana and I help put them in the portfolios Mm -hmm. and the team that we use helps us curate and make sure that those portfolios stay intact and they're properly balanced. And if a stock no longer fundamentally makes sense, it gets swapped out ASAP and things like that. And now the benefit is, is Tana and I manage hundreds of accounts Mm -hmm. and out of those hundreds of accounts, because we're we're using structured portfolios, Mm -hmm. guess what? We don't have to stare at your account. Right. We have to stare at our portfolios. So we're constantly talking about our portfolios. 
We're constantly working with our institutional money manager, Grady Investments, to make sure the portfolio is in a good spot. And when the day comes that we have a problem with a portfolio, we just pull up a list and we can just, yeah, boom, get it done right? quick. Yeah. We know who's in it. We yep. know what's happening. We know who we need Super to call and reach out to and say, hot diggity dog, we had you in that energy weighted portfolio and now that's played out. We mm-hmm. got to switch you out over here. It, it happens. And so we're able to manage the chaos correctly. We're able to actually manage portfolios in a way that things mm-hmm. don't get lost, you know, and this doesn't become the, oh, crud, the client called and I, I checked their account. Oh my, well, who put them in that? Hmm, woof, buzz, woof. Right. Like, right. <laughs> buzz, girlfriend, woof. <laughs> the, uh, here, let me pop this thing up. <sighs> here, I'm on the Gradient Investments website. So these are the guys that we use. And so, Number one, remember, I'm a certified financial planner. Tana is a certified retirement income planner. They all, we do very similar things, but we also mm-hmm. do different things. Tana focuses heavily on cash flow, mm-hmm. which I certainly do, but I also try to pull in the other stuff on top of it, the taxes and estate planning and the other important components of the plan. On the website though, Gradient Investments, you'll notice I'll highlight over a Mike Binger, anybody who has a CFA after their name, CFA, 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 CFA. There's a lot of CFAs here. That's chartered <laughs> financial analyst. These are the nerdy people of the industry. Okay. Like Tan and I were cool. You know what? We're friendly. <laughs> we can have a conversation. We can giggle. We can uh-huh. be sarcastic. Don't try to use sarcasm with a CFA. Okay. It's, it's like, you know, I love all the people, but they're, they are great. they're, they're analysts. They're right. financially, they're just crunching numbers all day <laughs> people, you know? And so, uh, <laughs> I'm just teasing. They're, they're awesome, but, but they really are. They're yeah. intelligent in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. Their focus is not on cash flow management. Their focus is not on taxes and estate planning. Their focus has nothing to do with all the other pieces of our client's financial plan. They have one singular focus that they are hired to do and addressed to do in our portfolios. And that is to analyze fundamentally and technically the investments that we own in our mm-hmm. client portfolios on a regular basis. That way, when Tana and I are doing podcasts, <laughs> they're all sitting there staring at staring it, crunching, at it. crunching numbers um, all day long. <laughs> It's, it's, it's true. It's all they do. Yeah. The benefit of them too, is they're readily available to us. Yes. We call them constantly. I mean, the president of the company, this guy is in charge of managing currently, you know, over $4 billion. Um, I talk to him regularly. Right. And he helps me with my portfolios and we analyze things. And when he can't answer a question, he refers me to the other person who's focused on that. The reason that we hired gradient is because they have a number of financial analysts that have different backgrounds. For example, Keith Gangle, he came from a background of doing US equity large mm. cap growth investing, where Marion Montaigne, she came from more of a fixed income bond background. Mm. And so they're all specialists in different areas of the market. Sure. And so when we're curating an effective portfolio, it is nice to have professionals that have extensive background and history in that. Mm-hmm. In their wheelhouse, definitely. Their wheelhouse. Look at this. They're, they're so fancy. They're on the news all the time. Here, I'll pull that up. You know, I don't know what value this will provide anybody, but <laughs> hey, it's fun. The website will load. Sorry, we're not doing so hot. Oh, there it is. Just kidding. So, I mean, just the other day, they're on CNBA. Just the other day, they're on CNBC. What was CNBA? What the heck? You, you didn't stop. <laughs> NBA. I, stop. I just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> CNBC. Uh, yes. 
I got some got got Marion on Bloomberg recently and mm-hmm. Jeremy on Bloomberg. So they're pretty high powered people that mm-hmm. actually the, the big uh, the big TV channels call them and put them on the news and want to bug them about things. I find that, you know, to so far, CNBC has not called me to interview me. Yet. <laughs> I I'm I'm waiting. I know it's right. coming. I know they care what I think in this world. So I'm excited to get there. Um, but like I said, what gradient does mm-hmm. is we build and curate model portfolios. Now what's fun about building portfolios is we like to give them all cool names. So everything's got a cool name. So like, for example, the contrarian choice fund. Woo. So we made this mm-hmm. one last year, actually, when the market was crashing with COVID, this one is basically 20 individual stocks that have mm-hmm. strong fundamentals that have underperformed other market sectors in the last year, hence the COVID crash. And so you ended up with names in here like Las Vegas Sands and Bank of America and Discover mm-hmm. Financial. So, and to be fair, this portfolio has crushed it. I mean, it's up 100% in the last year. Yeah, my husband's step Ira is in that what? portfolio. Is he? Yeah, he is. <laughs> we should reevaluate that. <laughs> we um, always do. Garbage. Garbage. <laughs> so, so if he's in that fund, he's done really well. So mm-hmm. does that mean you guys are finally ready to allow me to start charging a fee on that account? <laughs> what? Well, I gave you the the friends and family discount. I know, but I do a lot of okay, extras. All right, all right. You win. That was that was a soft debate. It was internal. Isn't that kind of like cameras. a benefit for working with you? Is it? I hope uh, so. I pay myself a fee. No. That's a it's a creative way to get my money out of my account. The, um, <laughs> what else do we got? We got uh, stable value is what it's called. Mm-hmm. It's pretty boring. The core select. I love the core select. So that's one of my favorite growth portfolios. It's about 60 individual stocks. It's 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 called core because it's a balance between value and growth stocks with a little mm-hmm. tilt towards growth. U.S. large cap growth. I love individual stock portfolios. Mm-hmm. I hate mutual funds. Mutual mm-hmm. funds suck. Uh, mutual funds have to be used in 401ks and 403bs and things mm-hmm. like that. Other than that, though, mutual funds died like 10 years ago. They're 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 glut with fees. They're gut, glut with trading costs. Mm-hmm. They're a little scammy because you never know what you're invested in. You get into some of the mutual funds like the Fidelity Freedom Funds or the T. Rowe Price Target Date Funds. They're actually funds of mutual funds. So a yeah. mutual fund is supposed to be this bucket. Watered down. Or should we draw on here? We got to figure out how to draw on here. I can draw my book. <laughs> and, you know, and so it's just tough because there's just so many hidden fees and trading mm-hmm. costs and stuff like that, that individual stocks are nice because it's pure. Mm-hmm. There's no creativeness. There's no funny business. You see what your account's doing. You see what you're invested in. And it is what it is. The tactical rotations fund. This is a cool portfolio. Um, actually, your dad's in this one. Yes. So this one's really nice too because it has a conservative aspect of it, or you can turn up the heat a little bit mm-hmm. and you know just be real balanced or go yeah. full throttle. So this is a really cool one. Well, and so that that's it right here. So like the GTR one hundred is one hundred percent invested in equities. Mm-hmm. The GTR sixties, guess what? Sixty percent invested in equities, mm-hmm. and then we do a thirty percent equity one. Um, but what's cool is when you look at it, basically this portfolio is an algorithm portfolio. What it does is it looks at nine major asset classes. So that's the U.S. international emerging markets. They look at high risk stocks, low risk mm-hmm. stocks, and market weight stocks. So if you see it on the screen here, right now the portfolio is in the SPHB 
which is S&P 500 high beta fund. That's the 100 riskiest stocks on the S&P 500. Well, if you can time those correctly, those things do pretty well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of casinos in there. There's a lot of airlines and, and cruise lines and all the crazy stuff right now, some financials. But the way the algorithm works is, and, and the algorithm's awesome because it's been running for over 20 years. So there's all this back history of how mm-hmm. it's done through every market cycle. But every month we look at the algorithm and what the algorithm tells us. We do not deviate from the rules. And it'll tell us, hey, you know what? This month you need to switch from S&P high beta to emerging markets high beta or back to broad market S&P 500 or blah, blah, blah. And it bounces around. And then like here's some performance returns. So the, the returns on this portfolio are the yellow boxes. But there's kind of a theme here if you look at the yellow boxes. For the most part, they're on the better half of the page, which means they generally do better than most asset classes in the mm-hmm. industry. I mean, just last year, you see it was the best performing asset class, up almost 30% when the general market was up like 15, 16%. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2019, it was up 28%. So, I mean, you've got a you know 60% return between 19 and 20 just right there. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Just crushing it. But the markets do well. And so um, maybe the funner story, if you looked at this chart, it's it got so funny that 08 is almost about to fall off the chart. It's been mm, so long. Yeah, All good talking point. about is 08. So in 2008, the stock market crashes, right? Everyone's freaking out. And to be fair, I was only in the industry for a few years and I didn't have a ton of money invested at the time. And I, I just didn't have enough of an appreciation of what was happening because I was younger. And, you know, I mean, if you'd been in the market for 20 years and that happened, that would have been really wild. But mm-hmm. when you're new to it, you think, I don't know, is this just kind of what happens? I don't know. And so the market was going down, just met my wife, better things to do. The, um, <laughs> I'm still a little grunt. She's a keeper. She's awesome. And, uh, anyway, so the S&P 500 ends up being down 37% that calendar year. Uh, the this tactical rotation portfolio was down about 25%. So once again, you know, it did better than the general mm-hmm. market. And it's kind of like the, the prettiest pig in the pen analogy here. You know, it, everything did bad that year. But conversely, in 09, I know this is hard to see on the chart. In 09, the S&P 500 is up 26%. This thing tactically road trades into emerging markets and has 104% return wow. the following year. I mean, just crushes it, right? Yeah. So you don't go down as bad in 08 as everybody else. And then you have this crushing return the following year where you just get this massive return. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just a couple of those plays, statistically, this portfolio has just crushed the general market over the years. La, la, la. What else do we got? What else? So we have all these portfolios. Oh, I like this chart. Here's a pretty chart. I'm going to show everybody. We'll finish on here because we're, we're running late on time. I didn't know this would take so long and I would talk <laughs> so much. All right, Tana, quiz. If anyone's looking at the screen, I'm showing this chart. We call it the odds of being positive. This goes from 1926 to now. So basically 100 years and shows all of the annual Mm -hmm. returns of the stock market. Would you say, Tana, if I was to quiz you, and this was the million dollar question on, what's that show called? Let's make a millionaire. Uh, Yeah. That was called? Want to be a millionaire, I think. No. No? I don't remember what it's called. I I don't know. (laughs) Something I don't like watch that. a lot why, of TV. Why am I judging you? I don't remember. I was watching a little <laughs> bit of Slumdog Millionaire yesterday and they, they have that on there. So, you know, maybe that's what did it. So would you say there's more green years or red years? Definitely more green. Yeah, like a lot more, yeah, right? So a lot look more. at the history of the stock market over the last hundred years. The stock market is positive almost every three mm-hmm. out of four years. Yeah. And so 
the point of this chart, the visualness of when we try to counsel people on investing is so many people get worked up waiting for a bad mm -hmm. year, waiting for a red year, waiting for the upset year that they give up on a lot of gains, right? Mm -hmm. When they sell, when the market's down, when they do all of these things that are really emotional, that are confusing investment strategies, I want to sell to cash because the election's not going to be good. All, you know, whatever your thing is, mm -hmm. is more often than not, statistically, you're wrong. And more often than not, you miss out on the upside. I mean, you mm -hmm. look at this. When was the last red year we had? 2018. Mm -hmm. Now, since 2018, and even that year was only down 6%. It was a peanut year. But you've had 19 positive, 20 positive, 21's positive so far. Before that, uh, you know, uh, before 18, 17 was positive, 16 was positive, 15 was flat, still positive. Um, but you look at that and you say, oh, my gosh, we get so consumed because since 2018, mm -hmm. everybody has come in here and every which way told me why the market should go down. Mm -hmm. Bad, all bad, go down. You know, which is true emotionally, but certainly not true factually. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be positive, people. We need to have more odds of being positive. I like that. Did you? <laughs> more but, odds of being positive. Yes. You all need to be more positive. Yes, I totally agree. We're so negative. Mm -hmm. And the odds of being positive are in your favor. So there. <laughs> so, all right. I think that's kind of it for the, the, the moment. We'll kind of wrap it up there. But we just wanted to kind of touch on a little bit of our unique strategy on how we approach effective money management so that we can give our clients the success that they need so that their portfolios are actively managed. They are actively babysat. They're not just like boats with nobody on them drifting around in the harbor as most people's accounts are in this world. So if you have any questions, Give us a call. Let me pop up our banner. I got mm -hmm. that. 805-500-7035. Uh, you can visit our main website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. But hey, we're here to help you with retirement mm -hmm. income plans. We're here to help you with your tax concerns, and your estate concerns, and your money management concerns, and when to take your Social Security, and how to deal with Medicare, and all that fun junky junk. So give us a call, 805-500-7035. Otherwise, hot diggity dog. Everyone have a great week. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lynn Group Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lynn Group LLC. The Lynn Group LLC and the Lynn Group Advisors LLC are not affiliated companies. Lynn Group LLC the Lynn Group Advisors LLC and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.